Thank you for receiving our transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me is my friend and fellow trans-dimensional being, Doug. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was my Saitama impression. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Voice acting work is going to be rolling in. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Before One Punch Man became one of the best-selling manga series and an incredibly popular anime, it started life as a webcomic. I don't know about you, but that is really inspirational to me. The creator, known as One or Tomohiro, just made it himself and published it on his own website. Well done, man, and thank you. If you enjoy our discussion series and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting either our Patreon page or our website at ourbinetcake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Be sure to join us next week for our discussion of Guillermo del Toro's dark fantasy, Pinocchio. So One Punch Man. This is one of those things I kept hearing people talk about, and I kept putting off watching. And then I was talking to you and Beaches about it, and you're like, you have to watch this. And then I watched it all in like a week, because I was instantly like completely obsessed and in love with it. I I just love everything about this show, about the, the series, <laughs> Um, you know, I've read the only the first two volumes of the manga, but I've read that. And then I've, of course, watched. I just saw there's going to be a third season, apparently, that was announced last year. So I'm not sure when that's coming out exactly, though, but there's supposed to be a third season. And uh, I'm pretty hyped. Yeah, I have not read any of the manga. OK. And I am a big advocate of reading the manga <laughs> mm. and and watching the anime and just getting everything that you possibly can. No, for those first two volumes, all I can say, it's not even through the first season. And all I can say is, like, they nailed it. Like, the story, the comedy, it's crazy. Like, the comedy and the action really kind of play out the same. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild, actually. Like, the sense of comedic timing in the book and the show, I would say, is very similar. Oh, that's great. The way he switches between, like, deadpan and non-threatening into, like the ultimate, you know, BA hero of all time. It's like, it's right there. They really capture it well. That's something that, well, that's one of the many things that I enjoy about the anime is how they visualize, how they, how they visually capture when he just looks like an egg drawn, very goofy. Oh yeah. And then when, when he decides to get serious, all of a sudden he has muscle the definition. The light. The harsh shadow is cast. <laughs> all his features shadow. are sharp. <laughs> And intense. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's what happens when you do 100 push-ups, 100 squats, 100 sit-ups, and run uh, six miles. I forgot the metric system version of that. A day. Is it 10K? Ten, yes, 10. that's it. 10 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> Every, even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it. And you do that for a whole year, and all your hair will fall out, and you'll be the strongest being in the universe. So... That's one of the more interesting aspects of this series that I think is how the author approaches the concept of ultimate power and this overpowered yes. character. He, he makes starts it awesome. off overpowered. Yes. From the from the first moment that he's introduced where he, it's, he it saves, starts off in like Dragon Ball Z season 20 or whatever. 
Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're beyond super sick. He's beyond, you know, he's beyond Superman at the beginning. It's an interesting idea, I think, of how you can approach a character like that. I think that you see the various avenues that Saitama could have traveled down with being so strong and it, there's nobody that can stand against him. Like he could be the conqueror of the ultimate the tyrant. Yeah. And to, to some extent, he does get bored. Oh, he's supremely bored and unimpressed with everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's not even the ultimate hero. He's a hero for fun. I love that line. My yes. name is Saitama. I'm a hero for fun. It's not even like I'm the ultimate superhero. I'm the ultimate anything. It's like, I just do this. Yeah, it's just for fun. What does he do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) With his origin story with the crab monster, he was unemployed and he was on his way to a job interview. He had been going to job interviews and had been turned down by everybody. And he keeps seeing the kid with the weird chin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He vandalized the crab monster. (laughs) (laughs) that's so random oh and now the crab monster wants to kill that kid because the kid drew nipples on him yes how dare and the crab has claws so he can't can't wash it off off. (laughs) it's so ridiculous so on one hand it's the way that saitama is the ultimate deadpan to everything but then it really like you're talking about the hero association it really builds into a very interesting show by all the other characters it introduces to play off him like it does i think of like superman comics at least ones that i've seen or shows i've seen i find them kind of boring this keeps things very interesting and funny and and they even play off like saitama's abilities a little Like, it's a little mysterious. Like, no one really knows how he is the way he is. I mean, he gives his own explanation. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's the most stupid thing that does not satisfy, you know? Even that's, like, played for a gag. You're like, that can't be it. There's something else going on. (laughs) There's even, like, this interesting air of, I don't know, mystery or intrigue to it. But it kind of reminded me, like, what I was trying to think of, what do I compare it to? It kind of reminds me of The Tick, in a way, in a sense of what the broader universe Because like all the other characters play off superhero tropes and make fun of superhero tropes. And it's just like super clever. Like he himself is a parody in a way, but then he surrounds himself with all these things that lampoon the superhero world in these different ways. But everything's also consistent. Like there's consequences for what they do. There's consistent rules and logic to the world. So it's like a parody that takes itself seriously. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) It's what makes it so brilliant, though. Like Moomin Rider, I think, is like a, a parody of some Japanese superhero, is, for example. Is my favorite character. What is it, Common Rider? Or I, I don't know as much about it, but I think he's he's kind of making fun of, you know, a Japanese superhero. I don't know as much about that world. Um oh he's awesome. He keeps getting credit for stuff. He's just riding a bike and getting hurt. <laughs> getting injured severely when when he's introduced in the anime (laughs) i think it's against hammerhead and the and his organization that is anti-work yep it's the same it's the same in the manga shows up on the bicycle they take the whole time to ride up (laughs) get off put the kickstand up (laughs) put the kickstand run around the bike and then get into a fighting position and get ready to go to work. He has no powers, no abilities, as far as I'm aware. He's like Batman. He will do whatever he can. And that's one of the reasons why I enjoy him so much. He's so endearing. 
yeah, he, he's very he's a very endearing character that yes. in spite of his complete lack of ability. I'm just like, I would be that guy. That's who I would yeah. be. <laughs> he, he is the everyman hero, basically. But he shows up to the big monster fights, too. He does. God bless him. All the other heroes are getting out of town. All the other, you know, even A-level heroes and things, they're getting out of town. He's riding right to it. Moomin Rider courageously rides his bicycle <laughs> into yeah. the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No fear. And then, of course, you have a Genos, who is your your like classic Japanese sci-fi cyborg. He's got the endless like, weapons. He's he's the character that he that would be would the hero most be, of the time. Yeah, the, the main character. Yes. <laughs> and he is Saitama's disciple. But and it's interesting to watch his growth as a character, too. As he constantly gets beaten down, <laughs> completely gets <laughs> destroyed and rebuilt. Powerful monsters, yeah, and rebuilt, <laughs> and then beaten up and then rebuilt. And the level of humility that he achieves throughout his experiences. That's right. Now, when he encounters Saitama, he immediately realizes, like, I am nothing near this. I need this. I need to be taught. It registers immediately. And he's the one with, like, you know, the big epic anime style grudge a cyborg killed my family and so i have yes. to i've been engineered and it's just another one of those saitama moments where it's just like uh, i guess <laughs> sure you can follow me around <laughs> i think um i think he takes him on as a disciple because he's willing to fill out the paperwork for the hero association for yes. or whatever <laughs> You fill out those forms, I'll teach you. He's like, I'll do it. And Genos just keeps meticulous notes, analyzing the angle at which Saitama is reclining back in his oh, chair yeah. to be recorded for posterity. But you were mentioning earlier the introduction of the other heroes and how they fit into the various hero tropes and things. Or it, it injects an otherwise stale story or, or a story that could become stale mm -hmm. dealing with this. I mean... There are only so many world-ending threats you can throw at somebody before right. it becomes yes. repetitive and just mundane. Uh-huh. Like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> the premise of dealing with the most powerful being in existence, as far as we know currently, has the potential to become stale, especially if it if it only takes one punch to defeat the threat. The brilliance of the show, I think think lies in the ensemble cast and how Saitama interacts with them. And you do get a sense of who Saitama is and what he believes, especially when I think it was the fight with the Sea King. Shit, forgot about that one. He beats the Sea King in one punch. There was somebody in the crowd who said something to the effect of, oh, well, then if this guy is only class C, all these other heroes must just be terrible. Right. They're so locked into this class system. Uh -huh. and ranking system that it's just, it just defies belief of and and so so then saitama decides that he's going to be the bad guy and he says something to the effect of oh that was excellent all those heroes did all the work for me and i just show up and take all the credit those heroes really wore this creature down so that i could beat it <laughs> and he, he takes on the hate so that so that the heroes can continue to actually be heroes and yeah and maintain the respect of the public yeah it it shifts to where the story is more about the heroes and all the various like infighting and subplots and you're wondering what all the motives of what the hero association is and there's even like 
almost kind of like the boys does like the celebrity superhero thing. Like this is kind of mm-hmm. doing the superhero is celebrity in the public eye. And what does that mean? And again, this is a completely goofy show, yes. but it has like a real serious, you know, again, it's a story with rules and consequences and stakes and everything else, even though he's completely undefeatable. Like it's really pretty impressive. Because somehow they do. They add like a sense of stakes to it. The stake just mm-hmm. isn't whether or not he can beat this this creature, particular creature. It's like, what are all the consequences? Like, what does it mean when he does it? And like, that's kind of more what the plot becomes around. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, and you destroy the superpowered alien piloting the spaceship. That spaceship's going to crash into something. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of the um it's like the like what the first Avengers movie like got flack for right it's like well they just destroyed New York City it's like taking those consequences and in a and applying it in a much less obnoxious and somehow more believable way yes <laughs> it's like I just bought that car dude come on <laughs> and I think Saitama calls him out on it too like shut up I don't want to I don't want to hear about any of this. <laughs> You're alive, dude. <laughs> I saved your lives. We were talking about the various factions within the Hero Association. Yeah, yeah. How rigidly the heroes themselves adhere to the class system and the ranking system. Yeah, there's like a real elitism where like the strongest ones you don't even see for a long time. Like number one and yeah. number two, just like barely make an appearance if it warrants it. You know, it's like they're elite. They're above it. You know, they're not just going to show up for like a small battle. You know, it's really got to be like, you know, planet threatening or whatever for them to show up. If a city gets destroyed and thousands of people die, uh, you know, I'm not going to get out of bed for that. That's not really. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's below me. me. Um, danger. You know, and it, and it yeah. does perhaps map to what we think of some celebrities, you know, or stories we hear about celebrities, it kind of gels. And then, you know, like you say, you have um, the, the Hero Association too, you're talking about Saitama, like what if you were evil? Like you have them trying to maintain some sense of control and order with like these beings they can't control. You know, there's like sort of a tension there too. Like what are all their tactics to organize this thing and keep it running and keep everyone in line? It becomes like a story of like political intrigue in a way. <laughs> yes. I yes. think it's crazy is, that we're talking about this with one punch in slant. Hand. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, it's true. This is how you make an interesting story. <laughs> it's it, And that's another thing about this story that's interesting is it's not our world, right? But they right. don't like spell it out. Like you kind of learn more and more. Like it seems like there's like maybe like a single continent or all the cities are together. Everybody's like all together. I think there's like multiple moons <laughs> you see sometimes. or And of course there's giant monsters and aliens attacking all the time. Like... There is sort of like this world, but and then you said like with the kings, there's like a world building. Yeah, the upper echelon of heroes is very much removed from the public. You know, and it and the way they set it up with that class system and everything, it makes Saitama a threat to them. Like they don't feel threatened by yes. anything, but he's a threat to them because he's more powerful. Like he should be taking their place if he, you know, hadn't flunked the written exam or whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know, if he only had been studying, you know, instead of playing video games uh, and mm-hmm. going to the grocery store on the day that there's a sale. Um, oh, and with, with the video games, there's an interesting link with 
king who is ranked as the as the strongest human alive who actually just got credit for all of saitama's previous right before he joined the hero society he just happened to be there Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Saitama would show up and defeat the giant monster that was threatening the city or the world. And King would be the only one around afterwards and <laughs> ended up inadvertently taking all the credit and being immediately cast into, into as this S-class hero. And he I has, totally forgot. I totally forgot about no that. Ability. This show has so much stuff to it. Yeah. They're, they're all these like great even that that's so brilliant what if someone else got credit for all the amazing deeds he's done well i like, mean that's, that's so smart that they that they address earlier before they introduce king and his character is that saitama is is lamenting the fact that nobody knows who he is no one knows who like, he is i've saved you know all these people i've defeated all these monsters nobody knows who i am and it's because he left before he could talk to anybody. He he beat the monster and then he'd leave. And then <laughs> he just King go. would be there. And he would <laughs> Oh. It's stuff like that. It's just sweating every detail. I love it. There's no laziness about this story about a yeah. very lazy yet all powerful superhero. <laughs> mm-hmm. And their friendship, the that Saitama and King mm-hmm. have, is wonderful. Oh, it's so fun. He gets so pissed that he can't beat him in video games. It's yes. hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, and King admits, openly admits to Saitama that he's been taking the credit for all of his stuff. And Saitama help, helps him work through his issues that he has with, with doing that. And and then later on, King inspires Saitama to continue on and, and basically reignites the fire that Saitama had. Which we need because the world almost ends later. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that was like, and that's like at the end of season two. But, you know, I attempted to emulate Saitama in my intro from that moment when he's in the spaceship. The guy goes on the giant speech, searching the cosmos and all this just huge, just on and on and on. And you expect this epic, you know, Saitama moment, like, yeah, well, you found him or whatever. And he just goes, it's to the goofy bald face. He just goes, okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> It's perfect. The animation is great. It is. It's beautiful. How they illustrate and capture the dynamicism of these larger than life battles. Mm-hmm. And again, even that sort of plays as like parody, right? Yes. Of your superhero anime, and yet it's done with like real artistry and craft and like respect for it. That's like what makes it work. Like, mm-hmm. if they had halfway done it or just tried to play it off as like yuck, yuck, instead of seriously like nailing it, it would not be as funny and effective. Like, it just wouldn't, but they do it, and it's it's wonderful. Seeing that seeing villains explode is just. <laughs> You know, and that's the manga's like that. When he like explodes someone, it's just like you feel like the way it's drawn, the action, it's just awesome. Eyeballs and stuff flying everywhere. It's a real visceral quality. <laughs> it is. It's got like that on. invincible kind of. Yes. Yes. This, if Superman punched someone, they would explode. Okay. And then the villains who have gone up against Saitama and survived have completely different lives afterwards. Right. If he spares them, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like that gorilla was, thing that he dismembers. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Uh, what was uh, what was the? He tears that thing It's like an evolution society. Yeah. Or, oh, and yeah, he like destroys the lion one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just completely decimates him. It just leaves the gorilla kind of torn up. Afterwards, I think that the the scientist who was the architect of the House of Evolution, I think he becomes a, a chef or something, <laughs> and he has his surviving yes. animal creatures helping him out in his helping restaurant him in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah it's good uh hammerhead goes and gets a job <laughs> yes the hammerhead stuff is funny because he's just like he's making bald guys look bad yes <laughs> and he shows up and hammerhead just nails him and he just stands there and takes the punch like what <laughs> it just totally freaks him out it just breaks him as a human being i freaking love this story yeah i was gonna say i I have enjoyed this more, like, so even more than I thought I would with you guys' recommendation. I This is something that I've enjoyed more than anything, like, in a while. <laughs> especially related to superheroes, especially in, in the realm of, like, an animated series and it, in a comic. I mean, you know, reading the comic, too, I would highly recommend. It's just, it's so clever and so funny and the action's great and it you know like we were talking about with the levels of the plot and the world building like it just works there's a lot on, there. on every level uh, it's so good it's so rich i mean it seems so goofy you can sum it up i mean the title sums it up in three words what mm-hmm. it's all about and yet they don't settle for that and they build on top of this they don't settle for like a single gag and they build out this whole interesting world and this cast of, well, you say the ensemble is really with the great strength of it. Uh, all the plot plays off building all these great characters in this interesting world. So it gets the recommend, all the recommends. <laughs> yes, all the recommends. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor. Beaches and Doug. Thank you and good night. Yusuke Murata. There we go. Is the is the he interestingly enough as a teenager won some contest to design two of the robot masters in Mega Man 4. <laughs> That's great. Which is totally awesome. That's a weird little factoid I found before this. Uh, but he, you know, kept on kept on making art and became this, like, really acclaimed, like, manga artist. It's totally awesome, you know? Just always drawing since a kid. He's just, uh, He designed, well like, Dustman <laughs> and somebody else. I can't remember <laughs> the other one for Mega Man 4. And I uh, went on to hear like he's doing the art and one of the best selling mangas of all time. And the art is beautiful in the manga. It's amazing. I'm just curious what you think of the superhero that has to get naked to fight. That's all I want to know because I don't understand it. Hootie Puri prisoner. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. That's going to go into dangerous territory. <laughs>